All right, friend, I am so excited to be back with you again today on Wednesday. So this is a really, really exciting episode because I have one of the sweetest individuals here with me, and she's going to be our very first guest on the Lace with Grace podcast. Um, Christy, can you say hey? Hey, hey, I'm so excited to be here too, ready to share some things with you about my story, and I really just hope it touches some hearts today. Yeah, we, so it's kind of funny. Um, Social media is such a blessing because that is actually how Christy and I met, believe it or not. Um, When I was running a health and fitness business, I was also running like free groups here and there online and Christy stumbled upon in there somehow. How did you get in there? I found the Women of Worth devotional and Bible study that Mm -hmm. you were doing. It was a free group where we were just doing devotionals together. And then I connected with you and you became my coach at that time. Yeah. And so like from there, we kind of like our friendship just kind of grew and grew and we became really strong sisters in Christ together. And now we're doing this Lace with Grace ministry together. And she's one of the like co-hosts slash admins, helps me keep everything together. And she's super helpful and just such an encouragement in the group. And I'm just so blessed to have her in my life. Um, So Christy, can you can you tell me a little bit about like your background with your faith and like how you came to know Jesus and how all of that kind of opened up? Absolutely. Um, I was raised in a pretty traditional church and I just started to grow more and more in my faith um, in middle school. I started going to lots of different churches and lots of different youth groups and, and really trying to start learning more about God. And I had an experience when I was about 14 where the presence of God was so thick in the room. We were all worshiping um, on our faces and crying. We felt him so strongly. And it was a group experience that we felt him so strongly. I remember that in like church camps and Mm -hmm. stuff. It was just Mm -hmm. so powerful. So I would say when I, when I felt that presence, I knew, I believed that there was a God and I was chasing after him from that point on. That's Um, beautiful. Yeah. Love it. So it was about 14 that I really committed my life to Jesus. So, and then what has your faith walk looked like since then? My faith walk has been kind of tumultuous, and I want to share a little bit That's with you. That's a big you. word. <laughs> tumultuous, <laughs> meaning stormy, difficult, challenging, you know, up and down, rocky. Um, but here's the thing. I had placed my hope in the Lord, and he never let me go. And he carried me through some of the darkest things that I can even begin to describe to you. Um, and I am so thankful and grateful that I had Jesus as my Lord to walk with me through those storms and they were mental health related. So I'm going to tell you about my mental health health story and um, kind of how that impacted my faith, intersected my faith and made my faith um, have some, some challenges. Yeah. I was going to ask if you could dive a little bit deeper into like those dark times and maybe where like you questioned or you felt like, like your faith was kind of tried a little bit. Absolutely. So just a history, um, there were signs that I had mental health problems very, very, very early on, as far back as young, chi- early childhood. Um, first grade, I was very severely depressed. I was first grade. I would go home from school and cry alone outside. Um, I, I had there were signs that I was very depressed. Um, I it built and built. I also had great social anxiety at school. Um, I was very rigid at school and anxious and. Um, like had what we now recognize as some obsessive compulsive traits where I was really perfectionistic about things and wanting things a certain way and, um, particular about things. But I, I went a long time and they got worse and worse. Um, by fifth grade, I was actually already very seriously considering suicide, talking to my parents about suicide, 
teachers were, were concerned about me. Um, and it, and so I had this in my background and I'm trying, as I become a believer, I have hope and I have joy and I have love and peace. But you're also 14. So Uh, like, so like, it's like really hard to like, I mean, when you accepted Christ, like when you're going through those kind of things and you're still like trying to figure life out as a teenager, plus Mm -hmm. you're going through all of that. That's just a lot. Well, it really got bad. Um, I was about 16 and even though I was very active in youth groups and I had a mentor at that point who was really just pouring a lot into me. Um, I, my suicidal thoughts had gotten to a point where I was actually self mutilating. I was cutting my wrists. Um, I was, um, it's very painful to talk about, but I was at one point barricaded myself in my room trying to kill myself. My dad had to bust down the door. It, and, and I, the suicidal thoughts, I'm, I'm trying to grapple with like, God, why, if you love me, why do I still feel this bad? And why, why, why can't is it I, so yeah, dark? why is it so heavy? And, and I'm trying to love you and I'm trying to walk with you. I'm trying to do this all perfectly and right and, and follow you. And I was, was more and more severely depressed. And there's also this, um, kind of <sighs> conflict, I guess that, um, people in my life didn't believe that medication was the answer for me. They felt there were other, it was attention mm-hmm. or it was other issues. And mm-hmm. so I was never, um, introduced to any medications. Um, and which, the, yeah. which if you could have been earlier on and I'm, I don't want to make this like a, I guess like a argumentative kind of podcast, but you know, if you could have gotten the help earlier on with those medications, like maybe there's some struggle, do you feel like there's some struggle you may not have had to have, or do you think that that wouldn't have mattered at that time? I think I, I would have appreciated the message that it's not a crutch to use medication Mm -hmm. because I felt that it was a crutch. And then if I went to it, I would be judged Mm -hmm. for using it. I would be judged. Which is so sad. And I, so I had that mentality that I, I, I can't figure this out and I can't, get my head around what's happening, but you can't use medicine and you can't, you don't really need to talk to anyone. You just need to, you know, it kind of goes along with the whole, if you have Jesus, as you have faith, you can't be depressed and you can't be anxious. Like those are still human feelings and thoughts and struggles. Like just because we have Jesus doesn't mean we're not going to have those things. And that was, I think the message that I kind of was starting to believe this lie that like somehow I don't have I'm not experiencing the fruit of the spirit and the joy and the peace and the love of Jesus because I'm something's wrong with me. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like, why can't I have those things? And, mm-hmm. and I felt there was this, this kind of conflict between, um, my faith and spirituality versus what was happening to me mentally. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So, um, so I, you know, I went, I met a guy in high school, um, that I was really crazy about, but I didn't feel like God wanted me to be with him. And I broke things off with him when I went to college, I went to a Christian college and I, um, I really had my world completely fall apart as a freshman in college. I, um, I was a good student and I was doing everything right with that. But, um, my, my life was just starting to spiral out of control. And one of the things that was very, um, maybe a a first red flag was that I was not sleeping well at all. I was, I was having harder and harder time sleeping. Mm. Um, and my behavior was starting to become more and more erratic and unusual. Um, at one point my roommate became very concerned that she was almost afraid of me because I was doing things that were very odd. Um, and it was so out of your character. It was out of character. It was not, it was not the Christie that she met her freshman year. She, mm. and she was, she even moved out. And so I'm, I'm like, 
I was doing things like, for example, um, waking up, I'd wake up in the middle of the night after maybe getting one to two hours of sleep and I would go leave and walk campus in the middle of the night and go to the chapel by myself and pray and read my Bible at 1am mm. in, and, and I would do that night after night because I was up and I couldn't, couldn't, I couldn't go back to sleep. And, and so as I'm doing this, these things and, and she's noticing and more concerned about me, but also not sure how to like help me. She, she moved out. I don't out. know how to navigate yeah, it. Yeah, it was, and it was really, so it was scary for people that were around me, but it really became, um, apparent that there was an issue when I went on a mission trip, um, I went down to Florida and I was starting by this point, my sleep deprivation was so bad. I was starting to have delusional thoughts and by delusions, I mean things that are not in touch with reality. I was thinking that God was telling me things that weren't, weren't actually real, that weren't true. Um, I would read my Bible and find things in the Bible that I thought God was showing me that were revelations and that God had a big special plan for me. And I started to believe that God um, actually... Which is yeah, true, but mm-hmm. not to the extent to what you were experiencing. No, no this was unusual because <clears throat> I was believing things that were very... That any person that was, was grounded in reality would see as not right. I, I believed that God had shown me that the world was ending. And I was going to have a special role of bringing the Antichrist into the world. Um, his name was going to be Isaac and I was going to be, um, incarnated like Jesus. It was a virgin birth cause I was a virgin, but he was going to put the antichrist in me and I was going to bring the antichrist into the world. And even though this is so evil, I found it right in scripture that he was showing me these things. And as, and as you're telling me, I can tell like you're trembling. I'm trembling cause it's very upsetting and it was, it was, it was traumatic. Um, but, but on this mission trip that I went on, people started to hear these things and become like this, this is not okay. And when we went on this mission trip, I went, even went through an airport and I believed that I was unleashing a plague in the airport. Um, oh my goodness! That I was infected, and I was bringing on the plagues Which in is Revelation. So not you, not not things that you would typically. No, and I normal. and they and and so there was some concern. I think my my roommate honestly thought that I was possessed, like by a demon. Like mm-hmm. she was, she said something's really off. Like something's not right. So. So when they, in any way, I was in the airport that the people on the mission trip recognized that there was a problem. They brought me home and they called my parents. And that was when things really kind of hit rock bottom for me because I ended up in a mental health facility. I wasn't hospitalized, but they said, okay, you're going to need to be put on antipsychotics because you're having a psychotic break. Um, and I started therapy and I had to drop out of school and, um, I, it really just everything I had worked so hard for, you know, I went from a straight A student to my life was, had crumbled and I didn't even know who I was anymore and what was real. And, and, you know, it, it just, it, it was a complete, um, it was not your, it was not your plan. No, not at all. That was not not the plan. That was not the plan. The plan was, I was actually wanting to become a psychologist. I was studying to become Mm -hmm. a psychologist. You were passionate about that. I wanted to do that. And, um, so I, I really, um, I had a lot of confusion in that time of recovering from that episode because first of all, if I thought all this stuff in the Bible was God speaking to me, how do I know? when God's speaking to me, how do I know? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it's also, hard enough. Yeah. I feel like it's hard enough as us as believers to sit and listen and be still and hear him and feel him. But then when you have all that going on, goodness gracious. 
So to be honest, I put up a pretty big wall at that point in my faith. Mm -hmm. I, um, I guess that I never completely stopped believing that he was there, but I remember at one time praying, um, and saying, God, I hope that you'll judge my heart because I just can't believe right now. I just don't know how to believe. And I, I prayed that prayer and I let my faith kind of sit on a back burner and I didn't really attend church anymore. Um, I kept trying to like get my life back on track. Um, but, um, some good things started to happen. Um, the, the high school boyfriend came back into my life and his name was John and he was actually meant to be my spouse. And he, um, we got back together and we got back together when I was in college and started dating and, um, and ended up engaged and married. But at the same time, like John wasn't really pushing me very hard. He was, he did invite me to come to church with him. And, um, he, that actually opened up a little bit of a, of a window for me to start. Okay. Well, I can go back to church and sit here and, and just kind of sit here and listen and not really like actually interact with God and engage with God, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to start trying to like maybe listen to the Bible a little bit and try, but, but again, it was a period, there was a long period there, um, where I really just had so many doubts and confusions that I couldn't, I couldn't, um, wrap my head around it. But I will say there was one other thing that was interesting. I had a woman in this, in this period who, um, said, you know, I feel like God is asking me to give you this book. And I was like, okay. And the book was called how to listen to God. Mm. And I just set the book on my shelf Mm. and it sat on my shelf for probably seven or eight years Mm -hmm. unopened Mm -hmm. until you still had that wall because I had the wall Mm -hmm. and I was, I was like, okay, well, she thinks God wanted me to have this. I don't know. I I stuck it on the shelf. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I hit another, um, another snag in my mental health. And that was, um, in the year 2012, I had had a baby. Um, I had Maddie, my daughter, Um, and I was having some tough times postpartum, um, with my emotions and I was not taking any medicines. Um, again, that whole like fear of like hurting my baby or fear of like not, you know, anyway, long story short, um, I had another psychotic episode when Maddie was, was about one. Um, I, um, had actually, it was kind of traumatic. The Sandy Hook school shooting that happened, um, that in 2012 was when all those children were killed. And I was teaching at that time. And I had almost like a traumatic, like reaction of like obsessing over what would I do if there was a gunman in my, in my classroom. Mm -hmm. And I, I started not sleeping again. And that it's always for me, the sign of not sleeping means there's, there's something at work, you know, something's triggered, something's triggered. Um, and I, I was working with a therapist actually at that time and she was excellent. Um, and she said, you're going to need to get your medication figured, fixed again. Like we're, and, um, at that point, so this was, again, my daughter was about one year old. I, um, I lost my job cause I wasn't able to continue um, with that. And I was again at kind of rock bottom, but I did like a 180 in my faith and I, all of a sudden I knew that this is out of my control. Mm-hmm. Whatever's happening to me, I have no control over, it, and the only hope I have is to trust in the Lord. Instead of all the things that you were probably struggling with when you were younger, thinking like, "Okay, I don't need medication. I don't need help. I can do this. Like this is something that Christy can handle. That mm-hmm. Christy can figure out." And you finally hit that point where you're like, "Okay, this is not mine to battle. This is this is Christ." Yeah. 
I, that was the point, the turning point in my faith, to be honest with you, because I knew at that point, I just, I went back to my mentor from high school and she prayed with me and I started going to, you know, soon after that, going to their church and, um, and just really digging in again, um, to my faith. But at that point I, um, I received a diagnosis of bipolar one disorder and, um, com- combined with obsessive compulsive and generalized anxieties. So I have bipolar one anxiety and obsessive compulsive disorder. And when I met the psychiatrist that day and he, he gave me that diagnosis, I left with a smile on my face. It was, which is a very odd thing, but I was so relieved to have that answers. answer. I I knew intuitively that that was correct. And from that point on, I was able to start seeking out, getting the right help, getting the right meds. You know, I still continue that relationship with my therapist. As we're sitting here, I'm just, I'm thinking of how beautiful of a example of surrender this is. Um, because it's so hard. I feel like, I feel like it's so hard for us, especially as women, we struggle to surrender, but not, not only to our spouses, not only to other people, but to Christ and for you to have that relief and have those answers and for you to be like, okay, now I can get help. Mm-hmm. Now I like, I'm, I'm surrendering this to the Lord. I'm letting him take care of it. I'm taking action by taking care of myself, but I'm also surrendering this to God that I can't personally control this anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's just beautiful. I just want you to know that. It really is beautiful. And it's, you know, I guess the message that I want to leave people with is that there's hope because, you know, God is a God of love and God is a God of love and he's a God of, he's not a God of confusion. He's a good God. He's not a God that's, you know, letting me be tortured with this. He's, he loves me. He's walking with me. And, um, and so the, in getting back into my faith, I will say it's still been a little bit challenging to um, have discernment, meaning to know what God is asking of me. There's times where I really am I'm scared to make decisions because I'm not I'm I want to know that I'm making them um, that it's really God leading me, and so that that continues to be an issue. But what has changed for me too is I really have great community around me now. Mm-hmm. I have friends like you, Kelsey, that I. Um, I know I can go to with these things and you'll say, let's pray about it for a week and see how you feel. Mm -hmm. And then the answers come, you know? Well, the other thing that I wanted to bring up that's really special about Christy and I's relationship is yes, she went through some of these dark, dark, really difficult times, but God was actually able to use her for when I was going through some extremely difficult times, didn't know how to navigate things, was extremely fearful, struggling with some of the very same thoughts of suicide and and not feeling as though I mattered and just some of those very dark, deep, which is some of the things that I did not talk, I did not go in depth with, with my testimony, but just two years ago, I was at that low, low spot and guess who was able to be there to pray over me, to ask me the right questions, to help me with discernment, to encourage me, to not let me lose hope. It was Christy. So I just want to share, and and she, among other of my friends, but I mean, I'm just sharing for her specifically, her hurt, her trauma, her struggles, her bipolar, the mental health issues she has struggled with. Some may look at that and judge that, or they may look at that and, and pity her, but 
honestly, God made beauty of that. God used Christy in so many people's lives, including my own. He's using her daily by inspiring, by loving, by encouraging, by being non-judgmental, by asking the right questions. And she has such a gentle and sweet spirit and is able to share the word with other people so well in certain situations and, and times where I've came to her and be like, listen, and I'm just, a, I'm a breakdown mess. And I'm like, you need to pull me together, girl. Oh, but Jesus, Jesus pulls me together. Christy <laughs> helps. Um, but like, she's just one of those friends for me. So I'm just trying to say like in all of that stuck and all of that murk and all of that dirt that she struggled through, God was able to use that for his glory and, and to create beauty out of all of that. So Absolutely. Yeah. It's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, the, that friendships and relationships and community, we, we don't even know how God's going to use what we've been through to help other people and to be there and support each mm-hmm. other. And, you know, Kelsey actually had a pivotal role in my own health journey because she was the one I feel like that taught me how to be healthy. I found, I found her as a beach body coach and she was my health coach for a couple years. And I be by by learning how she was consistently moving her body every day, consistently eating clean every day, and how to do that, um, how to um, making sure you're drinking enough water, um, having the devotionals as a community together, all those pieces were what I needed to fill that like gap in my in me, um, so that I had a place of people who you know, could catch me and help me through these things. And so so you weren't, you weren't just getting healthier mentally. Now you're getting healthier physically, emotionally, spiritually. Like it wasn't just the mental health piece part that you wanted to, now I don't want to say fix. So that's not Mm -hmm. the right word, Mm -hmm. but you know what I mean? Become the best version of yourself. Absolutely. It was now the fitness part of it, the physical part of it, the um, spiritual part of it. It was all intertwining. I was just going to ask you like, how has how has, I know that, so, so Christy, like I said, she used to be one of my clients, then ended up being one of my coaches on my team, but I I no longer have that business anymore. And Christy actually is still very involved in that community as well with that certain company and that business. Um, and she's doing amazing things there, but I wanted to ask you like, how has the new ministry laced with grace and how, how has the fitness side of things and the faith side of things helped the mental illness struggle? immensely immensely and I'm not going to say that I'm never going to have issues again I mean last summer I was going through some depression a a depressive episode but again with Kelsey's help and with the help of other friends that held me accountable and with Jesus and with Jesus I can't (laughs) like the all of those pieces um they have helped me to have stability over the last year and a half that I don't know that I've ever seen ever the, the, the exercise, I actually learned through some genetic testing that my body needs the exercise mm-hmm. every single day as part of the, what's going on with me mentally. And that is, yeah. I'm glad you brought that. I don't mean to cut mm-hmm. you off. I'm yep. glad you brought that up because I don't think every, any, anyone understands or everyone understands how much our mental health actually needs movement. Mm-hmm. Our bodies and our minds actually need that movement and that exercise and it helps immensely with the natural endorphins not just and, and her gene- the genetic testing is awesome but everyone honestly the mental and emotional health aspects of that and even i believe now especially spiritually it helps immensely absolutely um absolutely and i i would would also share that you know there have been some studies that have shown that doctors that prescribe exercise 
there's similar um, outcomes as as antidepressants. Mm -hmm. I am one that is full support of antidepressants. However, what I'm saying is you can also get similar results with depression in many cases if you move your body because it's building those endorphins and and, mm-hmm. get, and the energy levels those good come chemi- up. Those yeah. good brain chemicals. This, yeah, the <laughs> dopamine, the serotonin, uh, those increase <clears throat> with, with exercise. So exercise has absolutely made an entirely huge impact um, on my mental health and also the nutrition. I found I've learned some things about how I do have some deficiencies that um, need to be um, addressed with nutrition and supplements. And, and I have had much better results over the last year and a half of doing these things mm-hmm. with my mood. So yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful for you. <laughs> I just, I'm just sitting here smiling, like listening to her. When I first met, met Christy too, like she was, I don't want to say she was timid, but I felt like she was a lot more quiet than what I know her as now. And like, just to see her and her step into um, leadership, not only with her own business, but with just with friends in general and, and help guide them in a loving, I'm telling you what, she's one of the most compassionate, loving people I know when it comes to faith and, and helping other women be encouraged and inspired and loved. And Jesus's love just pours right out of her. And I just am so grateful that God placed her in my life, not just to help me get through my murk and my dirt, but she literally is a blessing. And that, that is one reason I'm so grateful for her. Thank you for sharing that. And I feel the same way. And I feel the same way about just feeling this. I feel a sense of like purpose through Laced with Grace. I feel I'm so excited to be a part of this ministry because I I feel like I'm connecting with others in a way that I know it matters. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we're doing in this community, um, you know, sharing our our battles and, and, and encouraging one another, like it means everything to me. So. I think it's I think it's so cool, too, that like. Not only are we inviting people to this group, but members in the community have gotten other members. So we're reaching people that we never would have known or connected with by ourselves, you know? So it just keeps growing and the ripple effect is amazing. And um, God's plan through all of it has just, it's blown me away. And so I'm just so grateful for that community. And we haven't really talked, I don't want to make this like an infomercial, but we haven't really talked a lot about Laced with Grace, exactly what it is. And though you may follow me on social, you may follow Christy on social, um, or you may be friends with her and you may know a little bit about it, but really what Laced with Grace, the ministry, the online ministry is all about is simply helping women first view and love their bodies as Christ does. Um, because I feel like that's a really that's a a difficult issue for women in today's society and the culture, the diet culture and exercise culture is just so it's, it can be so extreme. And so we start to have that focus, not be on worship through moving our bodies, worship through nourishing our bodies. So it's just really trying to help women first stay accountable to their health and fitness journey and to their faith, um, by doing devotionals and doing daily check-ins with fitness stuff, but also helping them view themselves the way Christ does, because it's so important and helping us focus on the right thing, which is honoring our temple, caring for our temple through movement, through nourishment, through hydration, and then how the faith piece, all, all of it's faith based, but we don't expect anyone to have a strong faith to be a part of the group. We don't expect anyone to be on a certain fitness regimen to be a part of the group. This is, we take you as you are, just as Christ takes all of us as we are. We take you as you are, and you are so welcome to join us in this community. And you can actually, um, you can reach out to Christy on her social media, but you can reach um, the Lace with Grace link 
in any of the um, the links in my bios on any of my social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all the places, you can find the link and you can join. It's literally ex- like completely free. There is no, there's no catch. It's completely free. The only thing you'd ever have to purchase is the devotional studies that we do um, monthly. We switch it up about every month or a month and a half. Um, and those typically are not more than 20 bucks. That's pretty, pretty good deal. Recipes, meal plans, daily check-ins, accountability, positivity, lots of Jesus, um, fun, excitement. You get to watch some crazy live videos of me and my kiddos when I try to go live and do training. So all those fun, cute things. Um, lots of tools and resources and just a good time. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Kelsey, show, her, she displays this this truth that no one can ever use their kids as an excuse not to exercise because you see her kids <laughs> in nuts. her videos and they're, crazy. you know, sometimes she's holding them and holding the weights and she does it all. But that was always so inspiring to me, like that you could do all this and oh still goodness. like it's, it's not an excuse. And in fact, it makes you a better mom because you're able to care for yourself it, first. It may very well be a hot mess express in the moment, <laughs> but we're getting it done, darn it. Like it happens. So all right. I just, do you have anything else you want to chat about? Uh, not really. I just want to encourage anyone, you know, to check out Laced with Grace. Um, we'll put the link in the show notes, I'm sure. And I would also be happy to put my own Instagram handle in the show notes. If you want to reach out to me with any questions about mental health, about faith, I'm more than happy to chat with you and connect. So I'm so grateful you were able to share your testimony tonight. Thank you. Thank you. It means so yeah. much. All right. We'll see you later, sister. Have a good rest of your week.